0: All done. All silent. Going, going, going. Go, Congratulations. Welcome to the current Market Insights podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate. Each episode, we chat with real estate author and industry leader Peter O'Malley to discuss the current
1: property market conditions and provide insights to assist you on your property journey. Welcome to Current Market Insights. Peter, great to have you back for another week. Oh, Great to be here, Kieran. Pete, I want to chat to you this week uh, about something that happened to me last week. In fact, I met with a client uh, to talk about a potential sale for them. And throughout our discussion, as we were coming towards fee, they said to me, look, what's your performance fee? What's the performance fee that I'm going to pay for you to come on board and sell for us? This is sanitized
0: dialogue from the industry, Kieran, um, that then consumers unconsciously pick up and start running with, the performance fee or the incentive fee. The underlying message there is um, the higher the price, the higher the commission that's paid and, and, and vice versa. What consumers need to realize about incentive fees or performance fees is they're the words that agents use to explain them to consumers. face fronting if you like but behind the scenes the real estate industry calls incentive fees kickers and that is uh, what's a way of getting exponential growth on our commission if we achieve a really good result and um, I'll let others decide the ethics of kickers or performance fees we personally have never been we have done them I will disclose that we have done them but I've never liked them for the reason that I think uh, once you've agreed on a commission rate uh, with your client, you shouldn't need to be incentivized further to get the highest price for the vendor because that's your job in the beginning anyway. No matter what the pr- the best market price is there, there in the marketplace for that property. The real estate agent's duty bound to get that when they sign the agency agreement with the consumer. So I always like to say to clients who ask me, did I want to put an incentive fee forward as i say i wouldn't want you to think that you've got to pay me more to get you more in the marketplace because that's the fundamental
1: offering of our job yeah it certainly doesn't align with uh you know what we're duty bound to do but also you know what seems to be what's well, not even seems it's legislated that we have a duty to to get the best outcome for our sellers do you think there's any or you said actually that you have done it in the past are there any scenarios where the use of a, a kicker you know we use the common term the use of a kicker is justified do you think the only time I will use a kicker or an
0: incentive fee, Kieran, is when I have explained to the clients the downside to a kicker and the reason why I don't like them, and the client feels more comfortable by having an incentive fee in place, the higher the price, the the higher the fee, and, and vice versa. And once I've explained what I deem to be the downside to incentive fees and 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 the philosophy that I have towards them, if the client still wants it, well, the client can have it and we might come to an arrangement on that. But by and large, 95%, if not nearly all of my business in the last three or four years has just been an agreed commission rate with the consumer, with the vendor. If we achieve a sale, that's what we get paid. And if we don't achieve a sale, we don't get paid anything. Through the boom, we were achieving prices that were, in some cases, 20%, 25% above what we told the vendor, it was a boom. That was the vendor's money. I didn't deserve a higher commission split because the vendor decided to sell in a boom. That was their good
1: fortune, not mine. Oh, 100%. And I guarantee there would be agents out there who made you know way more money than they should have just because they used these kickers as a standard part of their process. That's right. And look, equally, being
0: straight up on this point – In a downturn, which we had in 2022, when consumers were asking me to reduce my commission at the point of sale to compensate for the shortfall in the sale, my answer was no. I didn't ask for a higher commission split in the boom, and I'm not going to accept a lower commission split in the downturn, because the real estate agent's job is to get the best market price on the day. And if the market is booming and the vendor gets more than expectations in the boom, good luck to the vendor. And if the market is in a downward trend as it was last year and they get less than everyone expected, well, that's unfortunate, but that is market forces. And I think real estate agents intertwining their service in and around um, the market forces of the day are at risk of uh, shortchanging themselves in a downturn and overcharging the consumer in a a, a rising market.
1: Do you think uh, for the agents out there who – maybe less ethical or, or i guess less uh, take a less moral ground on this issue do you think that kickers uh, altered the way that they run a sales campaign
0: i've never dealt with an agent internally here in the office that religiously does kickers i've seen and heard you know discussions through the industry about agents enjoying massive premiums on their commissions in, in, in a rising market They may be able to justify that, so I'm not here to have a pot shot at any real estate agent. I'm more about highlighting why I don't like them um, from a consumer's point of view in a rising market and from a real
1: estate agent's point of view in a falling market. So with that in mind, uh, when you're meeting with a vendor for the first time and you're talking about your sales campaign, how much emphasis do you put on your fee and, and I guess how... Uh, how granular do you go in, in talking with them about what's actually involved in the sale and, and therefore the justification of your price?
0: Uh, dollar amounts of sales commissions are not insignificant, regardless of what the percentage rate is. Uh, you know, when you're talking about an average sale price of somewhere between 2 and $2.5 million, um, sales commissions, are you know, by day-to-day standards, are, are, are pretty expensive by the same token, I ask consumers to judge us on the value we deliver, not the price we charge. Because commission is only paid if and when there's a transaction, and there'll only be a transaction if the vendor is satisfied that they've uh, maximized the price for their property and it's the right thing to sell the property on that day at that price, the consumers protect in, in that respect. I'm probably at the point now, without sounding conceited, that if Someone is, uh, if a consumer is purely motivated to hire a real estate agent on the commission rate, the low commission rate that the respective agent charges, I'm not their agent.
1: Yeah, you've reached that point in your career, you think, where you can be a little bit selective?
0: Uh, I just don't want to work with anyone whose um primary objective is to have the agent get paid as little as possible. I'm not looking to overcharge any consumer, but I'm not looking to be shortchanged either. There'll always be a real estate agent that wants to is prepared to work on the sale of your property for less than um maybe a, the agent. A fair rate. Yeah, a fair rate. That's right. Yeah. And um if that's your major selection criteria based on your experience in the real estate industry, I respect that. But that's not the client for me and I'm not the agent for them.
1: With your, as you say, so, you know, limited experience in the use of kickers uh, in your own practice, do you find there's any particular type of property or vendor type or style of sale that has attracted that, that interest? Uh, look, we, if we do
0: cut to the ethics of it, the person that ends up paying the most is the one that understands the least about the true value of their property. So quite often, you know, I'm being general here now, but I have seen it play this way. The retiree maybe going into a nursing home, bought the house in the 60s. It's a big block. It's a little unrenovated cottage. Doesn't really know what the property's worth. Paid, you know, £10,000 for it uh, th- five decades ago can't believe that it could be worth two and a half million. The agent says, Look, you know maybe if I can get you more than two point six, I can have ten percent over everything that it sells for over two point six and the consumer says, well wow that that would be amazing. yeah, I'll pay you you know two percent on the first two point six and ten percent thereafter, and the agents
1: walked out knowing that
0: the property's worth three million dollars all along anyway,
1: yeah that's uh- Makes you feel a little bit sick in the stomach, actually, that kind of scenario. It does make you sick and it happens, let me tell you. So aside from little grandmas getting caught out by this, this kind of- I didn't of- make a gender-based no, no. Gear and you no, did. No. I, I'm happy to talk about grandmas. You know, Grandmas like, can be tougher than grandpas. Don't I've, worry about that. Mine certainly were. But talking <laughs> about you know, little old ladies, for example, getting caught out by, by agents who are a little bit opportunistic, uh, are there any particular types of sellers you have met that, that prefer this style? You know, Are they perhaps- I'll uh, probably
0: put corporate people that, that operate this r- way in their day-to-day business and, and they- they're running it as a just a pure commercial transaction and they say, I hear what you're saying, but I, I employ salespeople in my printing business, in my car business, whatever it might be, and this is how I want to incentivize you and I feel more comfortable with this. So they're fairly strident in the way that they
1: want things done. So you're pragmatic operators.
0: The right? pragmatic operators. The other one is um, the vendor that's been to market in the past, sold in the past, but felt that the agent didn't fight for the last 5 to 10% of value and says, well, I'm going to put some pepper on this so that I know the agent's fighting for the last bit, not just getting an offer and, and, and then going to say, that's all you're going to get. I've got to move on to the next sale opportunity. Take this so I can move on to the next sale. I think that probably happens more in um, generic stock where you might have an apartment that's not presented as well as it could be. Is it worth 800 or 810 the agent gets an offer of seven ninety five and says, "Look, just take it. It's not presented right. Um, it's been on the market for five weeks, and the agent just wants to turn the listing over and and move on to the next one." And the vendor there says, "Well, if this agent was getting paid more, they
1: would have fought harder at the negotiation table for us." So. Let's talk in an ideal scenario, obviously, none of this would probably be necessary, but do you think, you know, ethics aside and all of those things, are there any sales scenarios you can think of where the use of this kind of, let's call it a sliding scale or a performance incentive might be actually a really good tool to help with the campaign? Uh, No, I can't. Okay. I can't, no. No, look, I think that's fair and I think it's- uh, The property has a, a market value. And the agent's job
0: is to understand what the market value is and get the highest possible price that they can in the operations, of, you know, the market conditions of the day. And if it gets overs, that's the vendor's good luck because they're the one that have paid the mortgage and to own that property. And um, if it comes in unders because for whatever reason at that point in time, there's downward pressure on the market, the agent can't be expected to take a lower commission. So if you're going to ask as a real estate agent consumers to pay you more in a boom, you have to accept that you'll get less in a downturn. You're separating your services and making yourself the market price of the day, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the real estate agent's job is to run the marketing and sales campaign. Where that finishes in terms of price relative to the vendors' expectations will fluctuate depending on how, how strong or weak the market is at that time.
1: Yeah, and you can't just take a free lunch in the boom, right? Look, I think your answer really that's that's nailed it on the head that there really isn't a place in the market for this. And uh, you know, I'm glad we're talking about it today because I, I think it's important that vendors do realize that some agents will try this tactic on them as a, you know, particularly with vulnerable sellers who don't know the value of their property.
0: That's right. And uh, stock is very tight in the Sydney property market at the moment. A lot of vendors are reluctant to come to market. And the market's a little bit stronger than vendors believe it to be at the moment because stock is so tight, Kieran. And that's a perfect scenario for agents to introduce the kicker, as, as agents like to call it, because the vendor thinks this is worth $2 million, But I know that I sold an inferior property to this around the corner last week for two point one. So if I can Offer them a low commission at two million, but get a kicker above that. I'm in the money.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, easy to see how agents can certainly, you know, put themselves in that position to to think that this is a great opportunity if the vendors really don't know what's happening on the ground.
0: They may have a justification for it that stacks up, and that's fair enough if they do. It's just uh, something
1: that uh, is not for us. No, look, not for me either. As always, Peter, really good topic today. I'm glad we're we're touching on some of those things that our sellers, in particular, may not be aware of. I thank you again for coming on and I'll talk to you next week. we Will do. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for joining us
0: on the Current Market Insights podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate, the podcast providing real estate insights you won't find anywhere else.